<laughs> a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it is. Evil. The evil. Not our real names. Nailed it. has been a while yeah. <laughs> i know i got like the seat the seat normally has my ass cheeks you know like <laughs> indentations and now it's like it's I, not as like we've missed you you've been away yeah it's been more than a week this movie was fun I'm, I'm psyched to talk about this one. Oh, yeah yep you know coming up with intros right one of the hardest things you can do after a sweet intro song <laughs> <laughs> And that's what we struggle with. Uh, hopefully, um, if the listeners have been with us this long, they've seen our journey over time and how we've started this sh- this podcast. The legions. Yeah. The legions of followers. Hopefully, uh, you are all having a, a great day as we are, friends. Welcome to A Little Independent, the movie podcast where two friends talk about independent, obscure, just plain weird movies. My name's Ryan. And I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, Ryan. She's doing, back. Yes, she is. You doing okay? Yeah. Yes. Doing great. Great weather out today. I've watched, since the last time we recorded, I've watched a ton of movies. I've been, you know, because sometimes I feel like I, I don't or, or I get, you know, yeah. I, I try to quantify it, you know, because we do this. Uh-huh. And I realize how little I've texted you about some of them lately. And maybe I'm just insecure because we do this and I'm like... I can't bother you're Todd keep, all the time you're now. You're keeping them to yourself. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of shifting the way I, I think of things, maybe because yeah. of this podcast. So I, well, me too, because I bought that. I, I mentioned it before. I bought that little journal at the, <laughs> the back to school sale at the dollar store. You know, and and so because you forget, you watch yeah. so many different things and you forget. Yeah. So. It's kind of cool. Yeah, like now, that but... Bob Ross documentary I texted you about. I yeah. just kind of remembered, and that was a while later. And there's been other stuff. This really bizarre movie with Crispin Glover. <clears throat> um, I can't remember the name of. Yeah. And they just kind of float back whenever they float back. And I wonder why I think of them when I do. It just, from the memory, the, the comes up to the cobwebs, yeah. you know. Well, I watched, um, so it's October. And I, so every year, every October, Jess and I watch a horror movie every day, or as many as we can, you know, horror movies. <laughs> and so it's, we're not too far into the month, but re, I think, no, it was last two nights ago, I watched Terror Train. Have you ever seen Terror Train? We've talked about that. I, I thought we had. You, Did you see you it? Do you remember the story? Did we tell the story? Well, I, maybe, but I, I rec- that's why I wanted to It ask. is my, the movie I went to on first my date. first date. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't want to just jump in and be like, remember that, because the more crazy you think I am, the worse. Yeah. But Terror so now Train, everyone's like on their phones, you know, the the legions of yeah, listeners. Episode, it was episode And they're seeing, wait, asshole. 1980, <laughs> oh. first date. Let's yeah. do the math. How we would Todd be on his first too. date? Now let's see. <laughs> we might have said this part before, too. This is amazing. Well, it's incredible podcasting if we accidentally recreate a previous bit from another episode. So yeah. that's pretty miraculous if, if we've unwittingly done that. But I was thinking about, I, that's a really fun movie, and Jamie Lee Curtis is more than Halloween. I mean, she and, and she's more than horror movies, but she's really good in that. But David Copperfield 
I forgot he was in that because I hadn't seen it in a while. And, and I don't, I don't, don't remember it. He's no, in it. I, I don't. And as far as weird, I, I don't know if I call that a cameo. Um, it is odd, you know, people from outside coming in to, into movies, maybe shy of, of Caitlyn Jenner and Can't Stop the Music. David Copperfield is so terrible in that. It's the most <laughs> enjoyable thing I've seen in, in months. His shitty performance in that, and it's so, my biggest criticism is it's so wooden. It made your day. he has this this like highly painted face and he's just like I, I know listeners can't see it but he's just like <laughs> and he's a rue you know he's a ruse as far as the plot but you'd think a magician like him would have more charisma so they must have like stomped yeah. down his well i gotta watch it now it's oh it's great I gotta re-watch super fun it. i mean i don't even know if i've i had to have seen it since then you know, but it's, it's uh, been it's, a long, long time. Uh, included, uh, if you have a Shutter subscription right now, I think you can pay for it on Amazon. But pretty cool. I, Terror Train. But we're not talking about a horror film today. No. Last week we did. This week we're not. <laughs> and did this? Did this movie? Oh, this is going to be one of the uh, things I, I say that I might get made fun of the most. But did this feel kind of like the perfect fall movie for some reason? Even though it's not a fall movie. No. Okay. I mean, I didn't get that. Okay, maybe, we, we didn't well, connect on will, that, everybody. Yeah, I will say the sunshine and there was no no nighttime. Yeah, and the sun was out and it's, every it's day. It's a very colorful film, very bright. <laughs> um, but it just I, this, again, I, I just felt like this time of year was a good. Yeah, that's a. This has been a good movie because I and I don't know if we've said this before. I've said this before, but I have not seen this very popular classic. I'd call this a classic movie. Wait. That we're doing. Wait, wait. I've not even told this, you that. This was, yeah, this I've never was your first this. time. <clears throat> not 100% all the way top to bottom, no. I'm aware of everything surrounding it. Well, all every, the pop culture yeah. I'm aware of. And that's what's staggering about this. And as we get through and this podcast, never, never, <laughs> it's similar to the what I know, and you know this of me, what I know of Friends, the TV show, and uh-huh. Seinfeld, the TV show. Yeah. Never seen an episode of yeah. either of them. But I know the No Soup for You, and I know Smelly I was, Cat song. I was in the pool. Right. So all that stuff that that you know was so... Is so iconic. Yeah. I know of this movie, but yeah. I've just never seen but it. But you never watched it? No. Oh, this is, this is <laughs> awesome. Uh, so we should probably say the movie. Yeah. The I wonder movie. if people can guess right now. 2004. Maybe we can create a Sundance home game. 2004. So this is a movie I've not seen. Independent. Decidedly not horror. 2004 indie. There was a short film about eight minutes long made of it first in black and white. Yeah. Film school students graduate. Make their first film. Okay, now this is enough. This is a home game. If you've got it, just email us at a little independent podcast at gmail.com if you have the answer. If not, just continue drinking. We won't see it immediately. Yeah. But the film is 2004's Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, and this came about as my choice. This is our first. Episode 23 is our first request. Our first requested movie. Yeah, it came about at work. And Oddly enough, forgive me if I'm, I'm hearing this wrong, but this was from a group of younger people, like younger than us, decidedly. This who was were kind of interested in this concept, but said this is an indie movie that resonates with me. Yeah, we're we're at work and talking about the podcast I do. I think it was probably a podcast night or something. Yeah, and one of the interns um, said, "Is Napoleon Dynamite an independent film?" 
And I go, yeah. And you, they, you got to do that. And then another one, you got to do that. And then yeah. somebody been on an office, you know, around the corners chimed and, in. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, everybody oh, I, within a 50 like, square foot radius. I was love that heads movie. Out. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. This is so cinematic. So we will, we'll, guy comes down from the ceiling like an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little duck comes down with a sign, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> So you so, had this little cinematic moment. At yeah, work. yeah. So shout out to uh, Maggie, the intern. So Maggie, though, what I was trying to say is is college data because I was trying to. Yeah, she's probably place... 21, 22. Okay, so but that's interesting because I, the reason I didn't see this movie, and um, you know, I'm I'm not ashamed to bear my flaws, and I do it, but you know, 2004, interesting year, good movies that year, but that was a time where. It seemed popular, and I'm like, uh-huh. "Fuck it, it's popular and dumb. I don't care. Everybody likes it, and it's." I black, would have said hipster back then. That's not black it. flag, bitches. <laughs> so I think that ooh, that's what I recall. Yeah, uh, of being the kind of hurdle to having not seen this. Having said that, I've admitted on so many occasions to you, to my lovely wife over the years, that I'm an asshole and I'm wrong about a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> You know, after hindsight, and I got back, you know, I could get past the douchebag that I truly was for, you know, not seeing a movie because it was too popular. Now, when Netflix comes up and it says most popular in the U.S., I skip that real fast because uh, oh, I don't do want to be lumped 10? in. I don't want to be lumped in with those people. But So you're still somewhat of a... Uh, <laughs> I ended it that way to try to be funny. I don't know if, it, <laughs> if I sold it right. But um, I think that's why I didn't see this. And... Um, before we get into the movie, I'll or, or, or start the podcast part of it. That dance, yeah, I'd seen in part of that dance. I have I had no context, so know that I went into this movie knowing pretty much everything, every meme, every gif. This is inspired. Okay, the dance, but have no context for any of it. Of how it all. I have context together. for. Gosh, jeez, dang it, sweet. Uh, I, I have now before seeing this, I have concept of tots. <laughs> I, and, I, and now I've seen the movie, I get it, but yeah. I tots. Yeah. So all of this was in my head before going into this movie completely blank. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, I, I think that's And having that's said awesome. that, I, I do have questions, and you may know. Yeah, and this the was in my know. independent film wheelhouse, you know, when I was – you know, the studying years, you know, I mean, this is if swimming pool was this time frame. Ah, yeah. A um, couple of the other ones I picked or have talked about were all, were all right around this time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, this is build, and I think I may have to go back. This is the first movie we've done that is just a single build genre. Guess what uh, genre? Uh, sci fi? <laughs> <laughs> John Heater's hair is bordering on sci fi. Oh, we're gonna get into how relevant any of that stuff yeah. is still today. So, so I would say just this is stab One in the thing. dark, but comedy, comedy. Yeah, okay. That's uh, again, this is per <laughs> IMDb, which isn't uh, the Bible, as it were, but it, it works for us. Uh, the description of the film: A listless and alienated teenager decides to help his new friend win the class presidency in their small Western high school, while he must deal with his bizarre family life back home. Yeah. They gave away though, win the presidency. They kind of spoiler to help alert his there. New friend win oh. the spoiler. See, 
God, Todd, Todd is dang it is on and is on another level <laughs> because I don't know how much I've looked at this in the last few days. Didn't pick up on that at all. Oh, I got lucky. what a spoiler! IMDb, you fuck it up. Yeah, you so change that shit. They, they didn't have to put win in there. It helps or helps his new friend, or you know, yeah, be a part of. I think that's a really apt description. Aside yeah. from the spoiler, as you no, just said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it stars uh, John Heater uh, as the titular character Napoleon Dynamite. What do you think? So this is a um, a breakout role. This is an actor's first movie, right? Uh, admittedly, very successful. Yeah. So what do you know him from? What are the big ones? What are what John Heater, the actor? Yeah, the the two would be uh, Benchwarmers and Blades of Glory. Though I don't think I've seen either one, but like you, you know, and you're, I know of them, and I know that that was what he picked up from this. Yes, you're correct. And he was also supposed to be the next Will Ferrell. Yeah, I mean that's a lot to well, live up to. That hair was a perm. Is that yeah. why they no, thought he was? No, they of were the curly just hair? his comedy. I think they were just that is short sighted. They were really. I mean, that's, but at the time, did we need a new Will Ferrell? That's interesting. We don't uh, that. That's really hard on somebody, you know. Like, yeah, the new Elvis, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, n- I never heard that. Okay, yeah, yeah. They were grooming him as being, you know, the next Will Ferrell. I guess, or something. and I'm not trying to be mean, but my the point is, you know, you just don't really hear about this guy. Yeah, you know, it's very similar to the actor Jean Dujardin, and he's somebody I don't think a lot of people are super familiar with. But John Heater reminded me of him, or vice versa. Yeah. In that, I was familiar with this actor from a bunch of French films ahead of time, and that sounds so fucking pretentious, but he's French, and he's a really great comedic actor. A series of movies, these spy spoofs called OSS One Seventeen. I've talked to you. He's the guy with the big smile and that laugh. <laughs> yeah. And then he does this movie called The Artist, and it's the same director of those spy movies, and okay. yeah. he wins. The Academy Award for Best Actor that year, I forget 2011 or 12 maybe, and then nothing. Yeah, you know, and John Heater kind of feels like the same thing. Well, those were two pretty big comedies that he got into. You know, mainstream movies yeah. that he got in. That's the only two that come to mind. But I know he's done a lot of he stuff. Did, yeah, he's he's got so eight, John Heater has 84 acting credits <laughs> in seven. 17 years, so. That's yeah. a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, his that's... next big movie after this was School for Scoundrels. I remember seeing that. That was him okay. and Billy Bob Thornton. Um, Blades of Glory, he's done voice work. Did you know Napoleon Dynamite was a cartoon? There was a 2012, yeah. And then, once again, Fox yeah. canceled the two words that okay. you and I hate to say. Right. Are canceled by Fox because of our beloved Firefly. We can go with three words on that one, but yes, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And John Heater, though, was in a movie called Ghost Team. Um... I can't can't remember the year, but it's got Justin Long and David Crumholtz in it. Two, like, fun, younger kind of character actors I like, so I'll see that. But John Heater, I have seen him recently in the 2020 film Tremors, Shrieker Island. Have not the and I haven't seen the two new ones. I am a I've said it here, I'll say it anywhere. I love all the Tremors movies, yeah, love them all. <laughs> and this last one, this was the last one. So, John Heater kind of I think takes over for the Jamie Kennedy role, but he's in the pre and, and again. I, I remember watching that thinking, Oh, this is that Napoleon Dynamite kid, thinking the same thing, like he yeah. was supposed to be huge, I'm guessing. And that further kind of made me didn't want to watch Napoleon Dynamite then, but. 
You said how many? 74? 84 acting credits. He's a strict okay. Mormon. Uh, he said he's been quoted several times saying he'd never do an on-screen sex scene ever. I think, thankfully for us, and he speaks fluent <laughs> Japanese. Well, so interestingly he, and, enough, his dance moves were very Michael Jackson-esque, very pelvic thrusty. The, the, the dance so, was was pelvicy, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, and Mormonism and religion really is like kind of an interesting theme throughout the film with the actors and the directors. Uh, second here, second build is Efren Ramirez as Pedro. Yes. Had you seen him uh, before? Oh, yes. What in? Crank. What are you? The first time I watched Crank. And uh, he came out as the effeminate male, shall we say, and, and just killed it. He It was awesome. He is so good in <laughs> Crank 1 and 2. He's in 2 as well, and, and I don't think I've seen I I, I love two. this guy. I love this guy. <laughs> we uh, Again, we shouldn't talk about anything else, but it's notable. His first film was the 1994 horror comedy Tammy and the T-Rex. No way. Yes, starring Paul Walker. 94? Yeah. So Efren Ramirez was, years before had this. been in way many way more movies than John Heater. Yeah. Yeah. And this was John Heater's first This is film. his first, yeah. Yeah, after the even after the short. So, um he's done a whole bunch of stuff. He did the voice for the Napoleon Dynamite cartoon. Um Crank one and two. What's interesting is John Heater and Efren Ramirez both have twins. They're both they both have identical twins. Yeah. So in case you didn't catch that, because we jump back and forth, Pedro and Napoleon both have real life twins. So imagine now being famous, you know, imagine two thousand four, two thousand five and being one of their two twins. Yeah. And I actually did some gigs with Vote for Pedro t shirt. because um, the 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 singer or yep. guitar player made T-shirts, and that was his thing, and I forget why, but we actually did those exact as shirts. As soon as that shirt came out, I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not oh, watching you're... this movie. <laughs> Hell no. It was a beautiful as as 80s happened. tribute with the, the armband. Oh, we we did we actually played some gigs wearing those. It was hilarious. Um, Efren Ramirez was also supposed to star in the 2007 remake of Revenge and the Nerds with Adam Brody. Now, a couple of things about that. One, interesting. Go- is that Goose? No, Adam Brody. Um, a terrible with the names, man. He's, he's really, really good. And forgive me, I'm gonna. He's he was on a bunch of episodes of the TV show The League. Which um, nerd though? Which nerd is he? I, well, that's the thing. Adam Brody is a super cool dude. So I have no idea if he was gonna play the the lead, the Lewis character. Um, you know, Efren could probably just fit right in because he's such a kind of chameleon as far as style. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, that project got canceled, so bummer. But what almost got me to watch this movie originally was John Grease, and I think that's how you pronounce his yep. last name. Forgive me if that's wrong. So there's one movie that he immediately popped into my mind from. Uncle Rico in this film. Yeah. Real genius. Yes. Laszlo. That's the one I'm like, that's that crazy dude with the long hair, the Laszlo. genius. <laughs> Laszlo. I love this guy. Yeah. I really, really do a thousand percent I think of that. he steals the movie as far as, I mean. Yes. Yeah. I because mean, I have questions about, you know, who this movie is even about. And, and, and again, you know, I liked it. I really did. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know how relevant some of the, you know, the, um, you know, the one-liners are today. Maybe, maybe so. But, um, you know, it just, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> um, but 
that this particular actor, he's got 145 credits to his name. Awesome. He's been in a lot. Yeah. Um, best known on IMDb is best known are which is interesting. Get Shorty, which I liked him in. Remember Get Shorty? Uh-huh. Great movie. Men in Black. Which is stupid. The because, first one? Yeah. He's the, the van driver trying to get the people across the board in the beginning, and that's it. Oh, don't uh, even remember that. Napoleon yeah. Dynamite and Real Genius are her, are his, her, Jesus. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of Trench. <laughs> well, alien, you know, it's the, it's the thing now. Um, crazy kids. But with somebody like this, 145 credits, he's going to have a movie like Skinwalker Ranch. Um, That's a TV he, And he show. goes way back. He was on an episode of The Jeffersons. He was on a few episodes of Quantum Leap, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Um, show. I love that show. But he's in the two Taken movies. I don't remember that. Um, ironically, he's in a movie called Twin Falls, Idaho. And this film, <laughs> heavily filmed in Idaho. Yeah. And that movie is about conjoined twins. Um, and he's in a movie that I really like called Running Scared. Do you remember Running Scared? No. It's an 80s action movie with the two most impossible 80s action leads, Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. Well, they did another one together where they were cops. Yeah, that's yeah, they're cops. But it's an action comedy. Then I did see it. Oh yeah, Running Scared. Yeah. I just that title did not So this guy was probably a, a thug or something in that. Okay. Um our next actor listed is Aaron Rule who plays Kip. Yeah. Um his career began and ended with the movie Napoleon Dynamite and the TV show, the the, the cartoon, and that was it. That's yeah, all he, you can find. He makes commercials. Oh, okay. He's very yeah. He's directed he's, a couple of shorts, but kind of yeah. He's he's in the commercial realm. I guess he's from one of the interviews I saw. He was he's pretty successful. Yep. Uh, Tina Major, Majorino, sorry, uh, plays Deb Majorino. <laughs> It's just like such an 80s. There's so much 80s in this movie. Well, and and she's a child actor star yes. kind of thing. Yeah. I do you, what do you remember her from? I this is from the interviews and such. I oh, don't I don't I, remember. One comes to mind distinctly. Really? You recognize yes, her? Yes. As a child actor. Do tell. Waterworld. She's the little kid. No. She's got a very distinct oh, you, look about you her. Just, the girl on the boat the that he girl, saves yeah. from the yeah, and he's very mean to. He's ve- that's. Oh, you just ate three days ago. What are you complaining about? <laughs> you just wait. My yeah. mind's been blown. I gotta because I, I can see hair. her face. Yeah, and that's the growing up. Oh my uh-huh. god, she's in Karina Karina. She's a kid in that. With but Whoopi that's the Goldberg thing you do. Ray like you'll be sitting there watching a movie with Jess, and then you'll go, "That's so and so from <laughs> Waterworld," and then she'd like punch you and go, "You're out of your mind," yeah, and then that, look it up, and you're right. And she just has this really distinct look, and they had like contacts in her eyes in Waterworld, so they were super, super blue. But oh, it took, I can't believe that's her. Just and the timing kind of matched up a little bit. So there, I just had a bit of a, a of a smart head on that one. That was awesome. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, directed by Jared Hess. Uh, best known for this, uh, a movie called Nacho Libre, which he did after this. A movie called Don Verdeen. Have you ever seen that? No. Phenomenal. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah, Sam Rockwell, who I just love, so anybody right. who knows me knows. Yeah. Uh, and they're all, so I think this director just had a couple of, because all the movie posters, like like two or three movies after he did this, yeah. the movie tagline was from the director of Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. So this was clearly, <laughs> and then he did a movie called Masterminds. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Kristen Wiig, Zach Galifianakis, Jason oh, I, Sudeikis. I think I did. Owen Wilson. It's a true story about the Brinks armored car robbery. All right. And if if it's you haven't a... seen it, watch it. It is so good. 
Um, again, Kristen Wiig, I think, is a national treasure. I love her unashamedly. And she just elevates everything she's yeah. in. But she – I think I'm not the right person in this. No, I'm not. I'm not thinking of Kristen Wiig. Forgive me. Oh. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Oh, I was just about to go go. In I was – oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know what? I was about I to just talk about a, knocked up in, in the HR I just had HR a complete scene. meltdown. <laughs> And my mind stopped working, and maybe well, because I'm, I'm stuck vain, in Waterworld. We'll cut we, it out. We might want to take you know. Anyway, we Kate might want McKinnon, to take a break and drink some water because we're both we're both like stuck on a watch watch <laughs> masterminds. And this was written by Jared Hess and his wife Jerusha. Uh, also wrote Nacho Libre, um, Gentleman Broncos, mm-hmm. which is a cool movie as well. Yeah, and that the the Waterworld character Deb. The girl, f- girl from Waterworld, this right? Devin, yeah, she. Um, that is Jerusa's character. It's based on her. Oh yeah, some real life uh, experiences. Really? Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Tagline: Two of them on the poster. Two. Yep. He's out to prove that he's got nothing to prove. Eh. Next one. It's going to be a dynamite summer. Yes. Okay. Because of summer. All right. And who we haven't gotten to yet, Miss Duff. Elsewhere, I didn't list her. Just you know, I really when I was thinking about the. But she's got a famous sister. She does. Um, <laughs> but I just thought those four were really. And she's one of the few that has a first and last name in the movie that they keep referring to. Summer Wheatley. Well, yeah, that's true. That Why I don't know, but. And a third tagline. I don't know where it came from, but same planet, different flipping world. No. I'll go with the second one. I hate them all, actually. I think they're the terrible. second one's not good, but I like the the play on words. So there's a couple of stories. With I don't know Dynamite. if you unearth anything about studio involvement because there is studio involvement in this film, which you know it's a cool story because it created a bidding war after Sundance, and so that happens. But it ended up with some studio involvement, which is kind of interesting. But original budget four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and I have read as low as two fifty because basically they're all film school students together. For the most part, um, you know, and then they just, hey, Uncle Uncle Joe, and you know, did whatever they could to get some money thrown at him to have enough film to make it. Yep. Um, Napoleon got, was only paid a thousand dollars to for the for the beginning. Yeah, you know. John Heater paid a thousand bucks for this. Yeah, I mean, he got more money later, but it made forty six million dollars worldwide just in the box office. Pretty Another hundred and thirty million on DVD. Pretty, pretty amazing, I think. Yeah. Uh, an huge, hour and 36 minutes, huge too. Huge numbers. Huge numbers. Huge numbers. Very digestible. <laughs> hour and 36 minutes. And you texted me and you said this could be a family movie night movie. Yeah. And I didn't remember what you were, th- what, you know. It was I, on it, a Friday that I texted and you. And part of me honestly was like, really? This yeah. is a PG film. This there's is no PG. swearing. I mean, yeah. there's no, it's very, it's very Mormon. <laughs> yeah all the way through yeah for reasons because uh, mormons made it are there yeah uh it was filmed primarily in idaho also a couple of shots uh were filmed in pennsylvania and utah and i think the the setting this yeah. idaho setting i don't know i think people's perceptions of idaho outside of potatoes are very arid flat and it, i mean idaho is mountainous and the the cinematography and the scenery is gorgeous in this. yeah you, you kind of i mean i I'm with you. I think almost Nebraska yeah, or it whatever. Almost, and know. I hate to say this, but it's the tone that plays a character. I know. It's just the <laughs> dumbest, but it it does. The the setting really does play a huge part in this movie. Well, yeah, and it's all based – I mean, that's where the 
the writer director grew up. Yeah. I mean, it's all based. It's all filmed at every. So he he didn't have to do any scouting because <laughs> he knew all the places when he was writing it. Yep, it was his high school, so on and so forth. All right. Um, it was nominated for a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Okay. Uh, nominated. I'm, I don't have it all, but nominated. Uh, Film Independent Spirit Awards, awards, awards. Uh, winner at the Golden Trailer Awards. Now I'm gonna. I mentioned that because because of In a World, that episode. Yeah. The Golden Trailers. You know we've re- recognized are a real thing. Wow. In a lot of the movies that we've done. How do you do? Winners. That's like episode three or something. And That's we're way in 23. back. Yeah. If you're still with us, we thank and you. And you just pull we that really, out like it's really Sundance you. Kid picking off. You know, lizards on a rock. Ooh, yeah, it was a good one. That was provocative. So uh, but man, best comedy, <laughs> best comedy. You know what? You're right. We should take a nap. And the- we should come back. <laughs> the- we should take a vacation first. Like it's take a, a couple's vacation. It's come a, back. A couple's vacation. Yeah, I like it. You know, unironically, <laughs> uh, best comedy nominee at the Grammys for best compilation soundtrack album for a motion picture. Wow. Well, they did have some groovy tunes so, in it. That's a, 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 I, I don't watch the Grammys. I think that stuff's bullshit. Because <laughs> <laughs> Black Flags Look at me, staying edgy. Yeah, fucking Grammys. But the category is Best Compilation Soundtrack Album for a Motion Picture. So that's essentially somebody who made a really good mixtape. Moving on, uh, it was <laughs> winner uh, Breakthrough Role and Best Musical Performance at the MTV Movie and TV Awards. Yeah. And it was nominated for Grand Jury Prize at Sundance. So now from my punk rock days and, you know, the inside of Bouncing Souls album, I forget what it is, and fuck MTV. Okay. So that was probably another big reason yeah. why in 2004 I didn't see it because yeah. MTV Pictures. And right in the beginning you got the MTV production. So with I little even astronaut. got a little, like, angry in my spine this time, even looking because I remember seeing there's an astronaut I know, and I'm like, this is fucking, fuck, God damn it. And understanding, yes. It and was that was towards me because I'm making you watch distributed it. Distributed by, you know, so it was, it was still produced independently, everybody. So uh, un- unfurl your underwear. Oh, no, yeah, this is <laughs> unfurl your underwear. I guess that is a t shirt, my brother. <laughs> it didn't really apply, but I like it. You know, you know, a flag. You I, I unfurl say, a flag. Get your underwear out of a so bunch. So the underwear is twisted yeah. like a flag around. That's you know what we say. You know when we're getting intimate at home, honey. Unfur- unfurl your not, underwear. Not, not, not pull it aside. Not you know any unfurl of Unfurl it. <laughs> unfurl it for me. And you say it like Charlton Heston, which is the best. Yeah. Unfurl your underwear, Nova. Can you even love? <laughs> So lots of awards, which is cool, and uh, I think deservedly so. I I didn't get to, I didn't look and see what um, indies came out around this time, but I remember this just We've being a done huge a couple of them, kind of actually, cultural milestone from this so, year. Yeah, opening credits in a movie like this, I think, very important. Don't you agree? In the, a way, like I feel this, like they have to be zany and weird to get your interest. Well, and this was done later. This was done after the whole Sundance thing when they made that. And this was actually done by um, Kip. Kip came up with this. Yes. The commercial guy. So does this remind you, I've been wanting to wanting to bring this up. Does this intro remind you of any other intro in its uniqueness, in its in its quirkiness? Holy shit. 
Yeah, I can see the smile. Wait, 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 wait. I can see the smile. Because it's written in two different places. November Niner Niner. Yes, hard to get to Hawaii. Yes. I wrote it. I literally wrote it down. Home run, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, and especially when he did the library cards, I was like, holy shit. really. You know, we may shut down right now and say (laughs) we've had a perfect episode. Yes, I the the titles were really clever. It, it's it's images of very, you know, uh, very colorful food in different yeah. settings. It's and, super stylized. And each plate of food was eaten by a character, a specific character, at some point in the movie. Interesting, really. Yeah. Well, I noticed food played a huge part in it, but I I do have to say overall the food looked gross to me. Yeah, that steak. It oh. it didn't look well. The steak at one point kind of did seem appetizing. We'll get to the steak, but the food looked really, really gross. But what I was thinking in general was indies, and and I don't have any proof to back this up, but it feels like it felt like a Wes Anderson film. It felt very kitschy and quirky. Mm-hmm. The song very Wes Anderson. Yeah, which is to say, in my opinion, just a shit song works fine over a movie. But would you ever listen to that piece of shit? You know, outside the movie. <laughs> You'd probably be like, "This is a terrible song." I could see the... your face when time after time came on during oh, the no, dance. Oh no, no, no! I you were like, "No, <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you." I think. Oh, okay. Actually, all right. I think all right. I am. And so it it I didn't have a problem with that. You know, the way it opened was quirky and and cute. I just wondered, like, do, you, do these indies feel like they got to hustle so hard, even with the credits? Yeah. That way, my first, I you know, the after the the. The credits and throughout the film, actually, uh, until I discovered something that was uh, disclosed in the movie. What time frame is the set? Well, do you have you know, any? You, did you, you have feel any like it's in? you feel like it's eighties throughout the whole thing. It everything, starts that way. Everything feels that way. But they want they made a specific point when they showed his ID, um, Napoleon's ID in the intro that it said. Uh, like two thousand five or six or seven oh. or something, right on the ID. Oh, you to, saw his ID. They they oh, did his good. ID in the credits, yeah. That's good. In so, the opening credits. But they wanted you to know that the small town of Prescott, Idaho, is really still stuck in the eighties and nineties, you know. I that's okay. I took I took away from it eventually, but again, I didn't know anything about it. Just pop mm-hmm. culture and I hate MTV. Yeah. So I was open to it being in the eighties and not knowing. So you see what we know uh, later as our main character yeah. in Moon Boots. Clearly opening a trapper keeper, and this is just a nod to people like us. Uh-huh. Jess was just like, you know, that sound. We both remember the feel of that trapper keeper. Yeah, um, but he's got his shirt way tucked in, so he just screams awkward. And I get, I get it. Okay, awkward guy, the hip, the crazy perm, yeah. the glasses. He's just a, a weirdo. Yeah. So his his little side note: his perm didn't take the night before they start shooting. Um, two of the Two of the one of the it might have been Joshua and somebody else, you know, like come in and they do a do a home perm on the guy. Oh, on the actor, this isn't real. Yeah, the, uh, the night before the movie, the perm that he has, and he wasn't because of the way they had to do it. He wasn't allowed to wash his hair for three weeks the whole time of the shoot. And when they're in the chicken farm and all out there, there were flies. But I mean, he took it. He obviously washed and stuff, but he was not allowed to wash his hair. For the whole three weeks of the shoot, because he would lost the hope perm. he did not complain. I mean, he was getting a thousand dollars to make this film, so <laughs> if he put up some actor high and mighty bullshit, fuck that guy. 
a thousand percent. Oh, you're, you're on fire! A thousand brother. United States dollars. Yeah, I, I assume paid in one dollar bills. So I, I like an establishing shot like that. You know, it it it. You know, I got quirky in the beginning. I get I get a quirky character. Yeah. Again, I have all this in my head. So I hear his voice, but what I don't know is, does he talk like this all the time? Does he have little catchphrases? So I, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, so you're coming at it from a whole different angle. Yeah, got, yeah all this weird pre I didn't want it, but you, you know, don't know how it works. Prescribe anything to him, but I knew things. Yeah, the moon boots are like just craziness. And they they show that he's really quirky. He sits in the back of the bus, and um, what what I noticed in in watching this, and I think really quickly, is this movie has no point. <laughs> I, I'm not really sure who it's about. It doesn't have a point. Yeah. There are arcs, and I'm not saying this is an arc, um, but this movie just has no point. So it's one interaction after another. That's why going through it, it it's tough. You know, we're not going to go scene by scene, but it just, you know, so he's on the bus. He has an interaction. He's kind of mean, and he sits back, and then he throws a He-Man character out the window attached to a line yeah, and that's and it. Line, and why that makes me laugh, anything, and I don't know why that's anything, funny. Anything, Todd, on what that was. <laughs> that that thing being drugged behind the bus is just it's just funny. And it cut to him, and he has this look of satisfaction. And and I do, I mean, not to get too serious, but like I, I have themes that emerge from this. Yeah, maybe just be, mental illness being one, <laughs> because I clearly think that this character has severe mental problems. Well, all the other kids on the bus are like. Or like elementary school, they're all tiny, and he's like, you know, a senior yeah. in high school, a junior in high it school. Just, he, everything again, brilliantly, I think, by the filmmakers, make him the most awkward he can be. But in no way, and we'll get to this. But do I think you know he's bullied, but he's not passive one hundred percent. And I think he's a psychopath, one thousand percent. So just in the making, just just store that in the back of your noggins. But so they make they make clear, and I get it, weird just to be weird. He's fishing with a He-Man, and he has this look like it's security. Like, yeah, and I'm sure that somebody did that on one of their school buses, yeah. and that's where that came from. So there's a lot from, of stories of the yeah. director and John Heater taking from Real life. where they grew up. So that's really cool to yeah. know. I like that. So maybe, again, one of them was on a bus with somebody who did that. Right, what you know. And another scene that really kind of stuck out to me, because they're trying to establish – Napoleon is a character in different settings. So he's on a bus and then you're like, oh, he's got to go to school. But it goes right to a locker room. And I'm like, oh, shit, right away. Because everybody knows, right? That's the place where it's the worst. In the in our day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, the in locker room. I, I was bullied. I was yours. a bullied kid. And I, 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 took my sh- I took my fair share of, of hits and shots yeah. all through junior high. So and I have high a little PTSD. All until I started playing in a band and it all changed. Did you get any of that? A little, but not. Oh, completely no. changed. In fact, the same guys that would that smashed my trumpet case were like carrying my equipment in high school to set up for the gig at the. I hope stage. you savored that because I I did do not. I didn't have say a, anything because I didn't want the turn. Hollywood story of redemption for me. <laughs> no, it, once it was, once I started playing in a band, it was it was I was yeah no. no longer a target. No, I mean we played music that they hated even more until. <laughs> Pantera's Walk came out, and then every goddamn dickhead's a big fan of metal all of a sudden. Fucking pricks. So it's all coming up, Ryan. You're gonna uh, let it what out. A bit, what let a bit. it all out. Hey SNL. <laughs> I got I I got bits. I got stuff. 
what but what I like about and there's a comedian who does uh, Dan Cummins. He does a bit about compulsive liars, and he says I love them because whatever they do, you know, he'll he'll this person. And I don't know if it's a stand-up bit, but he's like, I yeah. will say. You know, hey, did you do this? And the guy's like, oh yeah, knowing clearly that he didn't do it. Right. And this guy would just feed him more stuff to see how outlandish this person's lives would become. Yeah, yeah. And so right away, and that I tied ha- this trait in Napoleon to him because the guy says, "What did you do this weekend or something?" Yeah, this summer. What'd you do over oh, this the summer? summer? Yeah, and the most outrageous thing. And he was in Alaska hunting wolverines. Yeah. Oh really? What kind of gun did you use? So and he's then, feeding yeah, them, yeah. just like you're saying, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a twelve gauge. God, what do you think? What else? And oh, you had to save his cousin. I had so much fun with that scene. Yeah, not just because of that comedy bit, but because, and that's when I start to, you know, ascribe traits to characters. <laughs> and but right away, you have somebody who's kind of a maybe a, you know, an aggressive narcissist. He's uh-huh. maybe a little kid, and he's got. You know, some kind of okay. obsessive compulsive issues or security issues. He's got the line He-Man, thing. You know, and the metaphor on attached to a line, right? And then, so right away, I'm, I don't know why I'm, you know, putting this guy on a couch right away, but it was fun to <laughs> break just, this dude down. But I'm how like, you were watching it, I guess, right? I didn't know where this dance came. So the dance could be in the middle and there could be a horrific murder for the rest of the movie. <laughs> no, probably not. I'm sure I would have known. A la Carrie. And what I noticed throughout his performance, and right away, I think he establishes himself pretty well into his cadence, is the little thing where he cocks his head down, and yeah. his brother does it too, security, yeah, you know, yeah. gesture, whatever. But his eyes are closed, what, 80% of the movie? He closes a lot, yeah. And again, it's, I'm like, okay. Because he's all in his head, a, yeah, it's yeah. all... But it makes for an interesting character, because what is he going to do, or what's the point going to be? And some could say there was no point. <laughs> Yeah, the story about Nessie yeah. being blown up by the Japanese scientist yeah. and, you know, was, that, that, it, that whole was speech in the beginning. pretty funny, though, actually. Yeah, yeah, but, right. Yeah, so great lies. And he, he gets, you know, and we see him get a little bit bullied. Um, he's, you know, the headlock move that this bully has. And he goes to the office. I remember the nurse's office and uh-huh. he oh, yeah. the phone. So yep. I still don't know the time frame, by the way, because I haven't seen like a car well, yeah. or a cell phone. Going and clean the first time. Right now, I'm in the 80s, you know, or very early 90s. Right, because he doesn't use a, f- a cell phone to call home. He uses No, there's the no sign phone. of any of that technology. Okay, so, which is interesting, because uh, you said by his ID, if I was more, you know, eagle-sighted, I would have known it was 2004 and then been like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> what a confused So questionable more. filmmaking decision, I guess, but... Uh, so he wants to go home. He calls home from the school nurse. And, you know, again, I, I don't want to overdo this guy's voice. So I don't want to like, oh, do it all the whole time. And people and are waiting it. for but, it. They're, this um, is what they're listening to. He says for. he doesn't feel good. He calls home and somebody answers the phone. Yeah. And do you know what his home life is at that point or no? I don't remember. Because he lives with his grandmother. Yeah. And a person you don't know who you find out later is his brother. Um. So a guy answers the phone, Kip. And he says, is grandma home? And Kip says, no. So I'm like, oh, okay. Guy yeah. lives, maybe or his grandma lives with him, what have you. Yeah, this is the first time because he's still at the school day. We so in the scene, you see this guy, Kip, and he's got greased down hair a little bit and this crazier mustache than even I had previously. And did you notice in, in the food is a huge theme in this. In the, in the background, my first huge laugh in this movie, in the background with Kip is a huge pile of grated cheese. 
Did you see that? He was he was grating cheese over like nachos or over I, a, a quesadilla. I think that happens in another scene. He grates cheese again. He's got like a whole block. Yes. Huge block. In, yeah. But in this scene, it's a it's like this big. I mean, yeah. like 12 inches off the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, I'm just, oh, weird to be weird, but it made me laugh out loud. I think that was super funny. <laughs> yeah, everybody gets to grab the cheese. And so Napoleon doesn't get to go home and- by no, d- but the the chapsticks are really famous. Oh, famous why is that famous? That. It's just funny. Everybody, and they I, they may have even been given out chapstick at. Oh, because Sundance. he says, "Well, if I can't come home, will you bring me my, my lips are really bad." Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that line is just so off the wall and funny. Oh, you it remember is. that? And he's like, "Well, can you at least bring me my chapstick?" And he's like, "No," and he's like, "My lips are really bad." Gosh, huh? That well, one didn't get you. Chapstick, a sponsor? see, that's that's your rebel. You know, part of it. That, yeah, that's, that's one of the mainstream. Goddamn corporate sponsor. <laughs> Fuck you, Chapstick. I'm a Burt's Bees motherfucker. Susie Chapstick. Remember her? The <laughs> little... Yeah. Well, I like, you know, it, I'm glad he can't go home because, it, and again, it's a weird thing. He's standing in the hall. Yeah. There's a teacher clearly orienting a new student, and this guy creeps oh. up. Because, yeah. again, he's got well, a same things you edited visage. Out. It was saying, like, racist things to him about. Well, he's like, is that a new student? Yeah. No, the principal was saying it to Pedro. It was like, you're like, what's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. And that that gets his intention. But, you know, maybe this is Napoleon wanting to sweep in and help. But he's like, this is a new student. Yep. And And takes him under his wing. If he had went home, he would have never met Pedro that day. Nothing kind of would have happened. Yeah. So that not bringing him the chapstick propels the movie forward. thanks, chapstick. Never mind. (laughs) And I, I like, you know, the introduction. And, and again, from what I know, I know these two are chums. Yeah. So this was kind of like the origin story of how they met. Well, and the vote for Pedro t-shirts. Yeah. and Yeah. So, again, I, I knew there was an end game of sorts, but I, I didn't know where that was. I didn't know if the, the president was in the middle or what have you. Yeah. But well, he, then my first, this leads to one of my, I laugh every time scene, you know, so the introduces is, you know, kind of bike do you have it's called the sledgehammer and then the whole you know pegs and you know yeah. they're all laughing then it's showing pedro's cool bike and then they go to the cut to the sweet jumps yeah so that's one of the first lines i, re- I reckon recognize yeah from people saying but you know do sweet jumps yeah you got like three feet of air and then yeah. and then yeah, can it's... i try and when he goes and he's <laughs> just matches right into the, the cinder blocks and crushes his nuts. And, and yeah, just, any I laugh every time. Any fella, you know, would would <laughs> like in a comic oh, yeah. movie cross his legs and ooh. well, and I have done that, and and buddies have done that because we used to jump, we used to jump our bikes all the time, yeah. and every one of us has has and, experienced and that. And it did, and I don't know if I'll call this an indie camera move. Was an extreme close up uh-huh. to Napoleon as he's standing there, like the jump happens, and then there's an extreme. Oh, okay. I feel like that's an indie camera move, and I may be totally ignorant of, of that. But uh, another thing that anchored this in the 80s was when they go inside the house, and it's the split-level house. Mm-hmm. And that maybe rang more 70s. Forgive me. Is that right? Did the split-level, you know what I mean? Like their yeah, house is uh, like a sunken den-ish type of thing, or a house where you walk in and you can go upstairs and downstairs. Right. Yeah. No, so both. this is what that was like. And we are introduced... To officially their grandmother, which so I said, Max mom. Does that make sense to you when you see the grandmother and you hear Max mom? It's re- ringing a bell from one of the interviews. Oh, really? Yeah, but oh, I okay. can't remember. 
She plays, so she's on a TV show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, that's it. Okay. okay. That was in an interview. And, and I knew, yeah, I I knew you would know her because when I heard that in the interview, I knew yeah. I know she's that's great show you watch. on that. And just even more withdrawn and abrasive. Yeah. So it, this is shades of that character in a way. Okay. But you meet Mac's mom and, or, or, or sorry, <laughs> Napoleon and Kip's grandmother. Correct. And she admits that she's leaving like for the night. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm thinking, one's a high school student. I yeah. see Kip on a computer. Yeah. So I thought maybe he's college. Not, he's not going to school, right? So we th- definitely think older. Okay. Yeah. That's we later get an too. age, and you're just like kind of like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the the whole fix yourself a quesadilla is hilarious. Yeah, from Grandma. They, they so, butcher a couple of times. Yeah. So uh, today, in honor of the movie, I went over to Agave and got myself a quesadilla to watch the movie. Again today, hopefully you ordered it like that. Like really, I did. I did. They really, they really like it when you do that. I'm sure they do. (laughs) Gyro, right? Quesadilla and gyro. Um, And I think they do that on purpose. Can I get real meat? They're very disrespectful (laughs) to a couple of uh, like tasty Mexican dishes in this film. But another thing that kind of got me, and you know, we've not talked about being. You know, we don't do too much topical stuff, but. Kip's voice. Yeah. Now, this character, he this actor makes a, a significant choice, or I don't know if it was written this way, but he's got this very effeminate, mm-hmm. you know, approximating stereotypical gay voice, but it's not. And I was, you know, I was trying to think, like, it's it's wasn't super offensive to me. Yeah. It, but would it be? But because, you know, he had great lines and his delivery was terrific. And he said whatever he said was funny. And I don't know if it was the voice or just the lines or both. Well, well, that voice. So the couple things I picked up was that he him and the director got together before shooting. He was out in L.A. doing prep or whatever for the movie. And they sat down and hashed out, you know who his character was and what he would sound like. Yep. And then another interview said it was actually his kind of based on his brother. Oh, okay. His brother's voice. Yeah, Kip's, I read something Kip's, about that. Kip's brother's voice. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so you have that voice, and then when he delivers the line, you know I'm training to be a cage fighter. I mean, you, yeah. can't, you can't help but laugh. Yeah, that's true. And, <laughs> and he's been it, chatting. They, they and then the doorbell rings. chatting with babes all day. And... Yeah. And then he says, you know, the whole fight scene between them Their two. Their fight was, I, I loved it. it it's not gold. the first quasi-fight-ish thing in the movie, but that was really funny. Yeah. When, and as the doorbell rings, Napoleon slaps him. Yeah. <laughs> like, pretty good. When his attention is away. Well, I liked when Kip kind of wins that little fight, Napoleon submits. He does, you know, that, that head down thing. Uh-huh. So it was kind of a fun little physical move. So I appreciated a lot of the actors' choices, I you know, I what I think are... Uh, but the doorbell rings, and we get introduced to Deb, which is really cool. And we have a girl with a fully 80s side ponytail. Yeah. Everything screams 80s, for sure, in So this does movie. that bother you, that it's it was kinda, meant it's, to be set in the 2000s? Well, other than w- what I heard on it was, again, it, that... So this is filmed in the summer of 2003. Yeah. They just were established... They didn't want the confusion that, that you know, that town, Prescott, Idaho, is, you know... Not yeah. caught up with modern times. So right. in 2003, it was still still more like an 80s 90s town. Yeah. Well, interesting. And and, and if that's the the true through line, I think it is. But Deb is kind of a cool character. She's selling stuff door to door, and I really like um, 
you know, the fact that Napoleon, in a way, throughout the film, does kind of protect people and he looks out for people. Although, yeah, early on, and I have a note, you know, as he's talking to the llama and being mean to the llama, this is an awful fucking character. Like, I don't like anything about this dude right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and abuse to animals put it right over the top. So I'm like, well, so you're you're kid. back to your serial killer. Yeah, uh, and then that, so then now that, there's yeah, yeah. You're, you well, there's the animals. Yeah. Check that box. And you know, Kip, get your food, God. Kip in his really, you know, maybe offensively effeminate voice uh, offends Deb, but she she the way she leaves, she just leaves all her yeah. kit and just runs away. I didn't get that line though, did you? He, he says something. He, he says, says like, your mother goes to college. Your mother goes to <laughs> And then she like freaks line. out, throws and runs away. But I didn't know. Why nothing, was that offensive? No. I, th- I, I don't know. It was like a. She was trying to better herself. I think he was trying to make make her sound like she was less than or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I didn't get the line. Like she leaves okay. <laughs> and, and runs away and leaving Napoleon with all this stuff. Yeah. And a few <laughs> times Napoleon turns around and hastily runs back into a house. That's a through line. And that's pretty fun. Uh, what, what I, again, quirky movies like these need like quirky characters. And I got to say, I'm a fan of Rex Quando. Oh yeah. <laughs> that hilarious. Um, Dietrich Bader is the guy who plays Rex Quando and he's a, um, you'd probably be able to describe him well. You probably know people like this. Well, he, <laughs> cause well, over the... there are people like this. Yeah. Super. Super over the top ego, um, and not necessarily. I mean, with some some skills, right? But not necessarily the amount of skills to back up like a a, a Navy SEAL ego that he has, right? <laughs> this is it. This a blustering, but he's they go to his little dojo yeah, to sign up for his class, and this is actually my clip. Yeah. Okay, now I I need to to you. It was you know tough to come up with a, a clip. You know, Napoleon stuff is all great. Um, Rico stuff is all great, but I want to let people kind of see all these lines themselves. Cause you know, I'm bummed. I was spoiled on a few things, but I picked this cause this dude, I believe exists the way he looks, his American flag, Zumba pants and those crazy Velcro black shoes yeah. he got from Walmart or something. Yeah. And, and it was based on a character that they knew that was making all these wild claims. So he asked for a volunteer and I think Kip jumps up <laughs> and you know, he asked him to attack him and Kip's move. Watch the movie. It's 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 brilliant and funny. <laughs> and this is after he defeats Kip a few times. And I didn't realize he was trying to sell his services. So here is is Rex. I don't know his last name. Rex Quando selling his services. Now, in addition to what you just saw, if you study with my eight week program, you're going to learn these things. First off, Rex Quando, we use the buddy system. No more flying solo. You need somebody watching your back at all times. Second off, you're going to learn to discipline your image. Do you think I got where I am today because I dress like Peter Pan here? <laughs> Take a look at what I'm wearing, people. Do you think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? <laughs> Forget about it. Last off, my students will learn about self-respect. Do you think anybody thinks I'm a failure because I go home to Starlight at night? Forget about it. Now, for only $300, you can sign up right now for my eight-week program. So um, I had a lot of fun with that. Oh, yeah. Anybody want to get a roundhouse cake? 
kicked to the face by somebody. I well, laughed out loud when he said that. And it, okay, so this is funny, but that is actually true. Program. Um, in Taekwondo, it's you know mostly kicking, right? Your your focus is on kicking. So yeah. that's always been a conversation, especially early on when you're coming up through the ranks and you yeah. don't know what you don't know. We're always talking about, you know, what if, and you know, I, I could never kick in these jeans and this and that. And then Chuck Norris came out with the jeans that you can kick in. Holy shit. I nope, remember that. I would Chuck kill Norris jeans for one of those ads right now. That had the di- diamond-shaped seam in it. Uh, diamond-shaped what? <laughs> Not letting that Hello. one go. Seam. This is a family program. S-E. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember those jeans, and, and he had like like brown cowboy boots yep. on, and it's a big high kick, and, and that's the ripping ad his balls was, apart. Yeah, with it, so you can actually kick in those well, This jeans. is real, everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> Look up those ads. They're amazing. I'd love a T-shirt of that. But we we get one of the first shots um, that really impressed me as far as the 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 background. It's the shot. It's a shot of a cow, and then you see the mountains in the distance, and that kind of showed the the scope of this thing. Uh-huh. And you know, a school bus pulls up, and you know, <laughs> a guy day. murders the cow in front of the kids. And again, quirky indie movie, funny, hilarious. I mean, this this is like a highlight moment. Yeah, when he. It's super funny. The way it's cut and the screaming. Um, so that guy, the the farmer, the guy, you know, that shoots the cow and marries uh marries the two at the end of the credits. Mm-hmm. He was actually, you know, so he's a local there. He let me get if I remember that, he fell off his barn. He was hit by a car going fifty five miles an hour. He had been electrocuted. And I think they named one more thing. Is this that's real? Because that's why all he, real, and that's why his face and his eyes and everything is, is so messy. And, yeah. Oh my lord. And he's still, still kicking. He's he's ninety one. He's Jesus. still alive today. Hey, shout out. What's his name? Uh, farmer. After all that, I don't know. <laughs> Unbelievable. The disappointment on your face. Wow. I'm glad this is a. I thought we were going to give that man a proper shout out. I don't. Well. You got all the notes there, Mr. I type my notes and put our logo I'm on I'm not them. saying I do. I'm not saying I don't. But <laughs> I, with him. Now we're fighting amongst ourselves. First, we were going to go on a weekend together, and then this is what happens. We start fighting. Over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> what I like about movies like this, because it, it, it occurred to me at this point, this is a high school movie. And it, yeah. it, it didn't resonate right away. And you need a good bleachers scene in a high school movie. Do you think? Oh, yeah. Like you need it's it's required viewing, and typically <laughs> it's a big part of high school, right? And maybe we can do a study on this. Very important information is conveyed on the bleachers always. It's never a mundane or banal conversation. It's always important <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah, I never thought about that. I think that, that's your that's your kind of thing. It's, I may be full of shit that on stuff. that, but what is is revealed here is that there's a dance. And Napoleon has a girlfriend, but she can't. Um, she can't make it here. She's from Canada. Or, yeah, yeah. Here comes the classic the, here comes the Canadian next big lie. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, he's making shit up, and it's fun to listen to. Well, and, and the picture go. of his girlfriend was a glamour shot that Deb oh, left that on Deb the porch. Left, right. Yeah. So, so they, there's you another you big lie. It. Yeah. Okay, I'm re- it's reinforcing psychopath. Then he asks about Pedro's mustache because that's a elephant in quite a few rooms, and this is you know he's a Boy in high school, and he's got well, a pretty significant you, mustache. You're going through puberty. That's uh yeah. You know, those who develop first get all the attention, right? Yeah, and so it's a fun little conversation. You know, you're teeing up who are they going to ask, and but you're thinking, yeah, they're the nerds. They should. And he points it like 
Yeah, but Pedro the, the, says, I'm going to ask somebody. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> but then so, he, so this is where tots come in. What the fuck is with the tots? It's great. It's Idaho. Because, uh, so Napoleon loves tots because he wants Pedro's additional tots that are, did you see stacked in a triangle uh-huh. on his tray? So that lunch person, crushing. <laughs> I think, he, I think he stacked takes. them when he got to the table. Or did they glue them together? And I never saw a lunch through. person. They don't have time. That stuff's just slopped on your plate. You know what? And you move on. This is, people listening, this is a perfect example of the dichotomy, wonderfully so, between the two of us. Because I thought maybe in my mind the, that the that was a magical school. The lunch person took the time to stack all that up. You said maybe Pedro's a little bit of a weirdo and he stacked his tots, which is much more plausible and I commend you, sir. <laughs> well, it was more along People the lines have, of People have heard me lose lose my whole mind twice so far. <laughs> it's more along the lines of a lunch server's not going to do that or take the I time thought, to do that. You know, so you I, had to I, do it I'm, at the I'm table. in a movie. I was thinking the best in life. Yeah. And I fucking blew it. Well, we don't know who's so right. So he's into tots. He, he takes the excess tots and he puts them in this little side pocket in his pants. Yeah. 80s all the way. That parachute pants. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's in class, and I'm like, okay, what's the tots? And he's doing a quiz, and he very methodically mm-hmm. opens the zipper. Good filmmaking. <laughs> and what was your first thought when he opens the zipper? It's just funny. I don't know why it's funny, the quirkiness of it, because he makes it look like he's on a big caper, you know, like he's mm-hmm. committing this big crime. He's looking up at the desk for the teacher. But he crunches on it so hard. He just like and bites then, it in the middle and, and it's still crunchy. In. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then you got, and then of course he's sitting next to the bully. And the, this is another line, like, give me some, give of, me your some of your tots. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the big lines. Yeah. But this is where Napoleon, I think, you know, it's like, no, I'm not giving him to you. And this kid, <laughs> it just as far up. as levels of bullying, yeah, where does this rank? Kicking, smashing a guy's tots in his pocket with your foot. Yeah, it's not as bad as a headlock a kick. So yeah, some of them fall out, but he's like, again, yeah. freaking idiot. Yeah. So this is one of those things that you hear. But so he's not totally passive. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but you know, he kind of called that guy an idiot, and that kid could have yeah. retaliated. So yeah, you would, a, you you wouldn't have done that necessarily, and yeah, because he in the in the out on the playground, he was just he annoyed. Beat the shit out of you. Yeah, he was just annoyed. And again, I'm like, psychopath. This guy's taking the abuse that he He's, needs to take. It's all bottling up to spill out someday later. And I, I really liked um, when uh, in the lunchroom, I think maybe it was earlier, uh, when Napoleon goes to talk to Deb. And he's clearly maybe sweet on this girl. And, that, and mm-hmm. he seems all the creepier because he's like, I've got all your stuff in my locker. And now there's no room for my nunchucks, which yeah. is funny. Yeah. But... He's he's clearly trying to connect with her, and she's maybe not having it, maybe having it. You can't tell. But at the end of the interaction, with her mouth full, she says, where's your locker? And I don't know why that 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 was so charming to me. It was super quirky and super 80s. Yeah. Like, I could see Ali Sheedy doing that. Okay. Ali Sheedy with her mouth full saying, yeah. where's your locker? Absolutely. I can, I'm there. Our breakfast club, Ali Sheedy. I'm feeling it. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and she crumples up, you know, cornflakes and puts them on her Because Redhead's not going to do that. That's right. That Claire? Summer wouldn't do it. She would be talking with her mouth full. Yeah. Everybody's mean. Everybody was mean back then. Everybody's mean now. Mean girls. Everybody is mean. 
But, you know, again, Napoleon isn't super passive. I think he's definitely probably a psychopath. And now we have, I think, a pretty decent character introduction to Uncle Rico. Uh-huh. And I was waiting for this guy the whole time. Oh, yeah. It took a little long for him to be in the movie, I'll have to say. So directors. Well, because you were waiting for him. Yeah. Because I knew he, I knew he was going to. And him, nothing. I knew nothing about if he was going to be doing a voice. Mm-hmm. You, clearly the wig was hysterical. Yeah. So I nothing. I had no idea. So what did you think of the character introduction, the van and the football and the Yeah, the it's funny. It's really funny. <laughs> he's a, he's somebody who's clearly stuck in the past, but he comes because we find that grandma was like dune buggying or something, mm-hmm. and she breaks her coccyx. But what does he call it? He says it's something totally wrong. That's what he says. No, no, no. Coccyx, coccyx. is what it is. Yeah, he says he, it wrong. Oh, that's he what says, I like, heard. He says like coccyxes or something. Uh, oh, pluralizes it maybe. It, it's really yeah, it's funny. Yeah, because that's what he. Yeah, that's I just knew that's. It's what a he funny said. bone in your body to say. So if you know, it's like the tailbone, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the little triangle bone at the base of your spine. <laughs> so if you want to <laughs> say if you're kids and you want to say a bad word, just be like coccyx. <laughs> guy's being such a coccyx. <laughs> Satisfying. <laughs> I didn't try it out earlier. I wrote, wrote it down to say that, but. And Uncle Rico is in a, a van or a, in an RV, so I'm getting the picture. This is a guy who lives on the land yeah. or whatever. Well, he's, he's got his clothes on the line, yeah. strung out, so you know it's he's living in his clear, van. Yeah. You know? But he's in the house, and this is our first food thing, and maybe that tied to the intro. He's eating the steak and gravy. Uh-huh. Like maybe it was heated up. Like a, Did it look like a hungry man steak to you, or did it look no, like a well, real steak? They they. Led into that that the, she was having, you know, Grandma said she was having the steaks delivered, and oh. it just it looked like it might have been microwave. It was like a thin, Maybe yeah, microwave, yeah, probably, yeah, maximum grossness, I guess, at that point. <laughs> but it it just looked really, it, okay, a theme, you know, like there's going to be a theme, and he's going to be eating a lot, you yeah. know, again, maybe imitating Brad Pitt, but <laughs> he does, and he ends up. Uncle Rico, it doesn't seem like a good thing that he's there, maybe. Like, they don't don't seem very excited he's going to be around. Right. But like, he, they don't see him much. Yeah. So yeah. I get deadbeat uncle, whatever. And Rico takes Kip to the diner. And I like that scene because it, it launches a trajectory that this movie I didn't think was going to a certain place. Yeah. Where they talk about making money. Yeah, trying to make money. Because he he's got a babe online that he wants to get her on a bus ticket from Detroit. Oh my God. (laughs) I cannot tell you. I'd probably buy this movie just for that element of it. Uh Uh-huh. I was so delighted when, how that played out. Yeah. But so Kip has another imaginary girlfriend. That's what I'm thinking. And he's talking about this. You totally think this. Yeah. And so is this in, in like elements of, um, the graduate at this point, at this point, because, like, plastics. And oh. in this movie, uh, Rico says, nylon polymer. Yeah. And I'm thinking, so he's pitching some kind of pyramid scheme or whatever, and what it turns out is they're selling they're Tupperware selling tup- sets. They're selling Tupperware, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny, but it had this graduate, you know. Well, yeah, the way he introduced it, Uncle Rico, yeah. you know, I got this idea, you know, like, yeah. you, you think it's going to be so a scam. sketchy guy maybe taking advantage. Yeah. And, you know, Kip is already saving some money. But they go back to the house, and the both of them, Kip and Rico, are eating plates of steak. <laughs> so are we to assume Rico ate that steak, went to the diner, ate all those onion rings and everything else? In the, in the milkshake. And back, and another steak. 
And this was kind of a an interesting God. moment because Rico has this, you know, he's living in the past thing because he intros it with a totally ridiculous line like, I could throw I could throw my football over them dang mountains or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, the state championships of coach had put me in. Oh, right. He didn't yeah. get into the game and, and things like it that. It plays so. out throughout the whole movie. And then it leads him to ask Kip about being on cyberspace. And then oh, yeah. do they sell time machines or something online? Yeah, or or when he asks him, does it cost to be on that? Yeah. And he goes into this really, yeah, it costs this and that. He's like, I'd throw you out the damn window. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, and then, so, the, yeah, and then the time machine Rico's I've already frugal. taken. frugal. Yeah. Um, and we find out uh, in the next scene, and, and you see um, Napoleon at that ball game. What's that ball game where it's the tetherball? Tetherball. Uh, play a significant role in this movie, but Summer hands Napoleon a note for Pedro about uh, yeah yeah because the they had so. dro- dropped the cake off and run earlier and yeah at her door oh yeah that's how he asked and, her and yeah. you know and we haven't mentioned Summer much but she's like the you know the head cheerleader the popular girl the one that would definitely win the initial class president Pedro's effect yeah like you know the 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 popular one yeah you know in the whole school everybody knows. You know, and then and then here this new immigrant goes up and asks her out. Yeah. And so it's it's pretty funny because he doesn't love. know any better. Pedro's such a good good egg. Yeah, he's and just he's like there's the a pretty girl. I'll ask but her. He's so resigned, he's so introverted, but it's the quiet confidence that's pretty fun yeah. to see. Yeah. When they go bowling, when Rico and Kip go bowling, that's the first gif that I noticed. So in the movie they say yes a lot. So uh-huh. when he does his arm pump, right? When you search a gift for like celebrating, that's one of the biggest ones I think of a while. You know what? Search I want to kick my own ass for saying what I just said. Search a gift. GIF. You know those movable. I, this is. I don't even want to tell you what a gif is on this thing. <laughs> okay. Well, the best part about you know, the when bowling I, when I send you a, a, a text and there's a movie clip in it or something, you know, response. Oh yeah, yeah. The so I'm, girl one today. Yeah, I'm the one everybody's screaming at because uh-huh. he doesn't know what that. I'm anyway, like, I, what that I hate everything I've said about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bumper ball is the funniest thing. Here's this grown man. Yeah, bowling, bowling with the bumpers. and it and it bounces off the bumpers three times, and then he does the arm pump when yeah. he gets knocks nine of them down. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, and you know, again, there's some sense of arrested development in both of these, but I, th- I mental illness. But I'm not thinking this is a jaunty mental illness movie, so yeah. I didn't think it was going to come out to that. Yeah, but and and if I had to it's assess, not in my yeah, I'm not a professional. But you know, uh, Rico and Kip are really planning something. They're going to get laminated name badges and and things like that. Deb yep. takes the photos, which is kind of fun. But when Pedro's <laughs> turned down, he says, um, and this creates tension, I guess, in our leads. Uh, At this point, who's this movie about? Oh, it's it's about Napoleon. I was certain it was about Rico and Kip at this point in time in their oh their Tupperware venture. Well, just from the title, you know, you're going to be because they spend a lot of time on it. That's a good point. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I asked a rhetorical. It could have been called Uncle Rico. I mean, (laughs) and I get that you have to, you know. But again, even the director said uh, in in an interview that I saw that the the movie doesn't have really any point or no plot. Rather, it's just it's a character movie, so it's it's, it's a day in the life of, yeah. of, but in yeah. in high school everyone's struggling. You but know? Pedro decides to ask Deb to the dance, and I yeah. think that's an interesting conflict. Because and he didn't know that he had asked her. 
Yeah. That's, that was a beautiful part oh, of that right. scene. She's walking over with the note. Yeah. And he's like, you asked to have, because he says, now who am I going to ask for the dance? Yeah. And that's when he mentioned, but he's okay with it. But up to this point, I'm like, this guy's going to freak out. Pedro's not going to end. Pedro is, Pedro's in jeopardy. He's going to show up with like a jacket made of Pedro skin. Well, maybe he knew about his cousins. They show up later. Well, yeah, it would, that would have been a bad thing. The protection team. And I love that part of this too. But (laughs) so that's kind of interesting. And that's the, I have no skills thing again on the bleachers. And he says to Pedro, I have no skills, but Pedro very kindly yeah. again there's little sweet moments as like oh, yeah. oh, you're good at drawing they you each realized, up, they uplift each other yeah yeah you know what you're good at and so you're good at drawing and i think napoleon says like i'm the best at it or the best i know at it or something he, but yeah exactly so he says draw a picture of your the girl you want to go to the to the dance with yeah that's great and he that's, does that's a really good idea yeah <laughs> And what I'm I'm kind of curious about, so now they have that. They cut back to Rick, I think, in a scene when he's selling, where we find his new pont, Tupperware. Rick? <laughs> you're Rico. You're first, Did you're I say Rick? I don't know. Rico, it sorry. Like, no, but I like it. I kind of like cutting it short. Rico, right. Rick. Just dropping the O. No. Hey, Rick. Uncle Rick. He's, uh, he's selling new pont to them, and he says- you know, if you buy a certain amount, I got a freebie for you. And out oh. of this box, he pulls a giant model ship. That's got to cost more than that whole thing, a whole 32-piece Tupperware really set. It was really funny. And the, the wife is like, I want, I want that model. That know, was funny. It was. Oh, and, and then her disappointment. She really killed it. Her disappointment when he couldn't break the Tupperware. Oh, yeah. Rico asked this guy. You yeah, look he's strong. Like, you know, yeah. And the guy looked genuinely ashamed yeah. to his core. And her, too. She was just like... Really uh, head down, shaking, you know. Really powerful. Um, well, then cut to Kip doing his sale, and Kip puts the Tupperware under the t- back tire of the van, backs over it, oh, yeah, and, and it, it just shatters. explodes. That was good. That, that's another laugh out loud. You can't help that. That was laugh. funny. That and was really, really funny. The whole dang it, and he just drives off. Yeah. yeah. The, the little quirky bits are, are like, they're, they're ticks. Napoleon and Kip's ticks. Yeah. I, I get why they're funny. And there, there's a funny behind the scenes, you know, God, YouTube has got so much, like, you know how yeah. it's such a cult film when you look on YouTube and it's an endless sea of stuff. There's a scene where one of the, one of the, you know, they got the one that's in the movie, and then there's another one where they filled the Tupperware bowl with cement. So when it's upside down, the van just backs right over it, like it's legitimately mm-hmm. that strong. And, of course, that didn't work because it wasn't, there was no nothing funny about it. Yeah. You know? So. Well, it, it is funny. And, and you kind of don't know what to expect. Is it going to work? Yeah. Um, but good for him for and his ingenuity. Blows trying to sell. Him. <laughs> and so you're you're starting to create some conflict because um Napoleon and Rico fight because Napoleon goes to Trisha's house. Trisha's the girl he wants to ask out with the drawing and Rico's there. Yeah. And it seems kinda like a nefarious thing, like he was maybe uh, doing it with Trisha's mom, but well he, you see the he's box. got yeah, this is where his creep factor starts. It does. And that then I didn't it like escalates totally. through the rest of the movie. And then again, he's oblivious to it. Yeah. He doesn't realize. But, and and here, from here on out, he is just completely ruining yeah, Napoleon's is. life. He is. And he tells tells her, uh, poor kid, he's tender and he's a bedwetter. Yeah. And then it turns out this is the girl's mom that he's going to ask out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're and worried then she, for her. Yeah. You're worried about that. But then yeah. it turns out she just makes her go to the dance. She has a mother. This Trisha's got a mother who's got a heart of gold. And, you know, money is a thing. And, and Napoleon talks about needing money. 
So I assume that's why he goes to work at that chicken, at the chicken farm. Well, when you said heart of gold, I went to a different episode. Oh. And I thought maybe you were referring to her mother being an employee of the heart of gold in Firefly uh, in that episode. Is that the same actress? No. Oh, but th- I did think that that actress looked like one of the gals from gals. Oh, Jesus, I say gif. from um, Star Trek Generations. Oh, okay. Deanna Troy. I thought that maybe it was her, but it's not. Ah. But they're at the the chicken thing, and again, it's a scene that I, doesn't move the movie forward. Nope. It's just funny. It's not necessary, but you know, you've got a pretty famous line when he asks if chickens have large talons. I love that line, and that's another good look off. You know when he does that. Yeah, I don't it understand a word you just said. Well, what the fuck is that lunch that they have? So Raw there, eggs. There's a lunch. Wait, okay, is that what it was in that? Yeah, it's raw eggs. Ew. And and san- and little thin sandwiches with flies Gross. all over it. And then okay. And then it wasn't even boiled eggs because he was cracking them and dumping them in so there. Yeah, it's raw, it's raw a- eggs to drink. Okay, because he puts the egg and I thought. Like, was it an amaretto sour or whiskey yeah. sour? <laughs> like, putting egg whites on No, they were drinking- Classic were... cocktail out there. Little Rocky Horror action. And okay. Swallow raw eggs. Interesting. All right. Well, we, you know, at this point, I'm thinking there's no way that, that Napoleon's going to be going to the dance, and that's when we find that, that Trisha's mom says, yeah. you're going to go with that boy, which is yeah. an interest. <laughs> it's a nice thing. Yeah. But- th- the, the look of disgust that she has throughout that, oh, and when yeah. she's looking at the picture, yeah, and yeah she, but that she, was that was really she did sweet. pretty good job. So now you know, okay, he's going with somebody, but it's not, it's still not going to go good because she right. is being Pedro's forced. going with somebody, but but they're going, and again, Napoleon needs a ride from Rico. He's eating steak again. Yeah, yeah, and in real life, he doesn't eat red meat. Red meat. Oh, he doesn't. No, so he was always there's actually. Some cutaways where he's spitting the <laughs> spitting the meat out. There's oh, a lot and that's of, what they do in in a lot of movies. They've yeah, got a spit. Uh, there's a name for a spit bucket or whatever, because that'd be tough. Take after take to just be eating microwave <laughs> steak because that's probably what it was. But he, uh, Rico, reluctantly, you know, says he's going to do this, and but he's got to stop on the way, and it's under the guise of selling some. Is Rico is Rico a prostitute? No. He actually has the product with him. I know, but it's just just the guys. They're just kind of making a point, you know. As this <laughs> lonely lady comes to the thing, well, that, I got the stuff that you want. Ha, that ha. one was a little. That one was like a lady in her eighties. I could see it if it was the previous but client. In keeping with his increasing creepiness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's know, not. No, he no, doesn't I take that a, back. It's, it's not his, creepy. He's, it's his he's, only job. If he's making somebody happy, he's making somebody happy, not hurting anybody. <laughs> but this is taking too long, so Napoleon decides to run to his date. Just take off running. And it's just a perfect shot of a dirt road. That goes forever. It, that's what it looked like, didn't forever. it? Forever. He looks at his watch, and he just starts running. So despondent. So who we find out later are Pedro's cousins. Again, Yeah. A, like a fish out of water scene, you have this low rider that comes up with these two Hispanic men. Yeah. And, you know, it's supposed to be menacing, but it didn't you know, really strike me that way. Well, they're so in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know, this looks like it was straight out of, you know, the downtown of whatever major city. So, you know, he gets his he gets his ride, and it's the fun little shot right from the, you know, kind of like a shot on the hood of the car, and it's the two, you know, tough-looking guys, and then Napoleon's in the back. Yeah. 
three feet taller than them with that huge afro. <laughs> the unwashed. It looks really funny. And the dance, I th- again, kind of a scene that I don't feel was super, super necessary, all of it. You know, nothing really necessarily happens. Well, it just takes you back to that time and place, you know, because everybody's not really – it's during a slow dance song, right? Yeah. And then they're playing the 80s song time after time, and nobody really knows how yeah. to move or dance. It's kind of awkward. Well, I they made it seem – because Trisha bails, but when yeah, – with Summer and her boyfriend. And Pedro comes up with, with Deb, and they look super 80s. Pedro's got the, the blazer with the – yeah. Sleeves rolled up. Yeah. So again, eighties. And she's got the the poofy shoulders on the dress, yeah. which was an actual dress. And Pedro that... says, "You can dance with Deb," which I thought was sweet. <laughs> and time after time, like you said, and, and you've heard me say, seeing Cindy Lauper live was an amazing, amazing thing. You mind if we dance with your dates? <laughs> yeah. So, but what I thought was interesting is they show Napoleon Deb dancing old school, like we used to in eighth grade dance. You know, eight feet apart, oh. hands on hips, hands on shoulder, but everybody else around them were tighter and closer uh-huh so it made them look all the more they didn't look awkward you know they're like not looking at each other because you didn't you didn't talk to the girl back in the day or unless you were a baller i did well they <laughs> no. they um they they had a conversation while they're on the dance a little floor bit, yeah. but you know it, it kind of ended with them you know he like, said i like your i like your um poofy shoulders or yeah. something like that and that that's a big line from the movie now i realize we're about halfway more than halfway and we get into what i i see now as the meat of the movie is that pedro decides to run for class president yeah yeah they even they even uh well so i was curious about all that there. like that's where the the th- okay so now it's a it's a this kind of underdog is going to try to win class president now was i totally thrilled with the idea story-wise no i don't know if i cared a ton (laughs) at this point but i cared kind of how quirky it was going to be because you know pedro has doubts too but napoleon says what he's got a sweet bike he's good at hooking up with chicks and he's the only kid in school with a mustache yeah and that's why i should do it um and and you know that's kind of a sweet little thing but they go back to the house in my second laugh was the time machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Napoleon sees pieces. Well, oh, no, it's a fully put together contraption. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's and they, a time machine. That and was it's ordered. a real thing. That was something that uh, was ordered. You could order years ago that, you know, that came from a real, real story. That was my, funny. Yeah. And my biggest laugh was just right after. Uh, Summer gave the note that said no on it when they did that hard cut to Napoleon being slammed into the locker. Uh-huh. And then he does that stupid weird kick at him. And, Idiot. Yeah, th- that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that one not, got me. That was my He's not totally passive. biggest laugh out loud. That was your biggest up to that point? I think so. Yeah, it, for sure. Every yeah. time I just lost it. I think the sound effect to him hitting the lockers. Yeah. Oh. And the the milk scene in this was probably the grossest thing I've ever seen in a in any movie. It got into ever. an onion patch. <laughs> any movie ever when he drinks that the four H club. So that that National FFA organization is real. It's a five hundred one youth organization. Uh-huh. So that's like a real thing. Yeah. But it, it it was so gross. But they show that he has these odd talents, like the sign language dancing, and he does this you know kind of agricultural club where he can tell what's. Yeah. The components of milk right from an udder or something. Yeah. And then they both won medals, 
you know, that they wore yeah. in the school the next day from that. Oh, I didn't catch yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. So they were really good because Napoleon really good at it. And Pedro also really good at detecting, detecting what was wrong. Detecting the, the, the utter that was out of Again, the additional more just utter. behavior. <laughs> and it's revealed that Summer is also running for president. So that's, that's fine. That's cool. You know, it's there's got to be conflict, right? Yeah. The popular girl versus, and are they the only two candidates? Yep. That's kind of, come on. There's got to be a few more candidates, right? It's a low budget. <laughs> they couldn't even afford another actor <laughs> they, to do that. You know how much more casting we have to do? To write more dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's so funny. Well, now, now here's another diner scene where we get more trajectory because now it, it flips, you know, so you have two stories going. You got Rico and Kip's story and you have... Napoleon and now ultimately Pedro's story. Uh-huh. Because at this point, Napoleon kind of takes a, in a way, a back seat. And they're at the diner again, and Kip mentions that his girlfriend, LaFonda, is coming in from Detroit. Yeah. So shout out to Michigan in this movie, Detroit. Right. Yeah, de la toi. But did you watch this movie with subtitles? No. I, and I know you see it written later, but it's written, LaFonda is written L A F A W N D U H. Yes. And at first, I, I thought just because of the subtitles, the subtitle no. people were being terribly insensitive. No, it's in the sense, it's in the title. Yeah. Okay. So I thought the subtitle people are being really mean because that's <laughs> really short sighted to, to tie And then you like, missed five more minutes of the movie because you were going over that in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> and you see it written in the movie later. But why? It, so I'm like, okay, this kid's ballsy. He's going to make up a fake real person. The whole time we, the, I remember the first time I saw this. This whole time I didn't think she was real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until she walked off that bus. So I'm thinking, what, what's Kip gonna come up yeah, with now? Yeah, is he gonna pay somebody? What have you? And then Pedro has this weird. His head was hot, so he shaved his head, and now you have him in that wig the rest of the movie, which is hilarious. Yeah, but again, this is disturbed behavior. Yeah, and that didn't you know, make any sense. Is, other that's than like schizophrenia. Well, having I, like like having tactile like heat on your head. Well, the anxiety. I, it's like I, the guy covered in bugs in Hellraiser too. Get him off me! <laughs> yeah, it's that same. That's like hallucination. It had to have been anxiety for the whole running for president. Okay, thing. that's the only anxiety thing I could, could do that. Yes, absolutely for sure. Um, and so he's got a wig. The vote for Pedro shirt comes into play now. Just as a fun little ringer tee again. Yeah, yeah, we are. Oh, yeah, yeah, we already did the suit. They're plastering uh, the, you know. Yeah, he goes to the, the thrift dance. store and gets the suit. Yeah, that was that was for the dance. So we passed that because that suit scene was a big deal when he's walking slow motion down the road. Yeah, at Sundance they said that everybody um, really got into that because they were they were playing that funky groovy music and he's walking in slow motion. Yep. And that that was in the trailer. That I remember, old I think. suit, yeah. But they. So they have the montage of them putting up flyers, the A-team. So, again. Yeah, they put one in the urinal. Yeah. They taped one in the not urinal that you're, you're going to piss all over it. If you think about it, not a bad idea. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> I'd take that hit. You're pissing on the guy that you're yeah. asking. Your are vote. you reading it, though? <laughs> you're reading it. <laughs> you're right. It's going in there. And now here comes another left field bit where you see another, a nerd, you know, ostensibly. Or, or, no, somebody getting picked on. Forgive me. Somebody getting picked on. By the same guy who kicked Napoleon's tots. Just because he's tiny and had glasses doesn't mean he's a nerd, Ryan. I, you know, I am one of I have one of two of those things. I have glasses. You're tiny. But he, um, <laughs> this kid's getting bullied, and they both walk up to him, and they're like, "You're under Pedro's protection now." Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it was Napoleon. 
yeah, and I was like, what's that all about? Yeah. And come to find out those two dudes in the lowrider are Pedro's relatives. Yeah. Do they say cousins? They do at some point, because at the end of that day, the same bully's trying to take yeah. his bike. And then the two low the two low rider dudes Show pull up, up shake their like, head no. no, and then he runs the bully runs away. Again, super quirky, fun. I yeah. mean, I just I detached that from everything else, but I thought that was just a, like a funny thing. But now we get to the train station in La Fonda. So this beautiful woman comes off the train, and again, I'm like, yeah. what's the rub? Just yeah. And it took Completely. forever for me to realize that she's real. I had it's like exclamation points. <laughs> La Fonda is real. And they couldn't have made her cast her any better oh she, you know yeah, because of perfect. how kip is so tiny so yeah. frail and then here's this athletic voluptuous yeah, yeah. you know uh african-american woman you know just larger than life comes was, off the bus great too this actress i think yeah. is phenomenal in in the interviews so there's a cyber dynamite um virtual interview that was done like a year ago or less than a year ago where they had the whole cast on mm-hmm. virtually with a guy in Chicago, a critic from Chicago. Oh, okay. So I recommend anybody to, to watch that. It was a lot of fun seeing all the characters talk about what their roles yeah. and what they did. And um, it's called Cyber Dynamite on uh, YouTube. So nice. definitely check that out. And they do a little montage. And I love the music in that scene. Mm-hmm. It was old school keyboard and drums. Yeah. And slowly, you know, I was like... I guess you can meet meet people met in chat rooms back then, and this happened. Are, are you at the picnic where they're at the picnic table, um, and playing footsies? Is that is oh, that yeah. the scene that you're at? Okay. Well, no, it's I mean just in general, you know, like they, they they have this montage of them hanging out and doing stuff. Yeah. The music was perfect, and again, you're like, holy shit. Well, that was Rico's first She's day. Real. A shooting is when they were at the picnic table playing footsies. He he arrives on set observes that scene, goes over, gets on his phone, and calls United Artists, I think he said it was, and says, I think I have your next movie. Literally. And and they didn't respond back. Oh. And then, you know, it ended up going through the whole Sundance thing and all that. Interesting. And, and they apologized later on that uh, huh. they missed out on that one. Interesting. Yeah. That that was well, the when that interview with uh, Tarantino. Rico. And the... You know, I, again, this is just a what's the end game here? Is this an adult? Do they ever establish where he's at, his age? Oh, yeah. Said, I forget yeah. that part. They say he's 32. He's 32. Yeah. Okay. So he just lives at home. And his, his brother is, you know, 20 something years younger than him or whatever. Yeah. yeah I mean, if Napoleon's 17, maybe yeah. 18. All right, so there, gaps happen. Uh, but I, I love those scenes. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you guys are going to have that. The kids are going to get just where you think they're going off to college, and then boom, you're gonna you're gonna have another one. Well, not without the intervention of well, somebody else <laughs> in medical science. Some somebody I know somebody I, that, I that, that just not... happened to, and they're like uh, 18 years apart. You know, all of a sudden, oh. surprise, they come along. Oh, I guess and, yeah. you know certain things can reverse themselves. I guess no, not I don't mean the the science part you're talking about. Just it happened where it was that many years apart. Huh. So anyway. That's why Hot that popped stuff. into my head. Hot stuff, you guys. <laughs> uh, Rico is having financial trouble. I don't think the, the new pond is going well. And now he's selling something new uh, called Bust Must. Oh, so but you Rico's don't. You, oh, not, this is Creep Factor 10. Yeah. This is where he, That's, uh, an he goes over. Something. Who's the first one he gives it to? 
Is he stopped? Oh, he stops. Oh, he no, stops Summer and Trisha yeah, on the street. The high school girls. The, the yeah. two from the dance. Summer yeah. and Trisha. Yeah. And but you don't know what it is. He hands them a flyer, and yeah. he's like doing the whole winking at them and stuff like that. When you're ready, give me a call. Yeah. Cut to they show what it is. Bus must. Yep. The pill to make your boobs bigger. Fucking gross weirdo. <laughs> um. I bet you that was a real thing back Rico's in the day. They best. sold it. Because, well, you know, in, in what was still, with, I think, the 80s, I'm like, herbal? Nah. So I should have known at that point because herbal remedies weren't as prevalent in the 80s, 2000 for sure. But at this point, we have a pivotal moment where Napoleon's in a thrift shop, and after finding the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle knife, whatever that thing is, <laughs> sigh. He fi- a sigh, <laughs> he finds a cassette for Dequan's dance, it's like a dance. A VHS. Video. Again, video. very, very 80s, obviously. Yeah. And I'm wondering what the end game is here. Yeah. And, the, you know, and unbeknownst to any of us, the first time, I mean, this is the moment of the movie that we're building towards. This whole movie is built for that Yeah, because at this point I'm thinking, okay, is the crescendo of this movie going to be this dance? That's uh-huh. I had no concept of it. And now I'm seeing, but my question is, why is he preparing a dance? Because they established that he does kind of odd things. Yeah. The sign language dancing and the, you know, the... It was just coincidental that I mean, he, saw that, he saw that tape and wanted, you know, wanted yeah. to learn some dance, some, you know, some sweet moves. And uh, then coincidentally, that whole thing comes up to the end where they get, you know, yep. they find out they have to do a skit. I like that. Well, what I really like is, and I think it's meant for a bigger laugh than I got, is they're at the house, Napoleon's there. And um, Kip and his lady <laughs> come out, and Kip is all decked up yeah. like a gangster. Well, he, he, they did the classic, um, you know, the the strangers there, and you don't know it. Where Lafonda's sitting at the table, and Napoleon comes walking in, drinking yeah. out of that glass like a maniac, and he looks over, and he's like, "Who are you?" Oh, he was dancing. Yeah, <laughs> you he know, drinks that Gatorade. Yeah, why are you? He's like, shirt. "Why are you so sweaty?" <laughs> yeah, but and she, she gives him the tape. She gives him a tape, the the mixtape. Yeah. yeah. And it he further funkifies, which at <laughs> so at this point was this a stoner movie without the no. weed? Because that's that's what I wrote. I like, think stoners they, will watch this movie absolutely because Pedro and and Napoleon are so lethargic they're like asleep near slumber at certain points of this movie. Their uh-huh. eyes are like this. Oh yeah, and he's like. Ugh. So I wondered like. Was this a stoner comedy and they just forgot to put the weed part in? Or are these <laughs> or, just or weird? It's, it's made for people that who are partaking yeah. in to watch. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not I, really sure. I think sure. if you're drinking or if you're smoking that this movie well, is Well, and that came up in the reviews. Over a ton, the top. In the negative reviews. Be drunk or high watching this, I guess. I mean, I was probably one of two of those things. <laughs> if and not looking, both. Looking back on it, not both. But as I was looking back on it... Um, I, I don't think I liked it or disliked it anymore. I just enjoyed it okay. and I laughed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I may mean, have seen a couple of things differently, but it yeah. wasn't a huge. The movie definitely grows on it because I think the first I time say, I, I saw it. I wouldn't endorse this as a stoner movie. Maybe this will be a new segment we do. Like, Oh. Not required to be high. You don't think all the, all the high school and college kids that are so up on so loving this movie are. Yeah, they getting, probably getting, are. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Okay. I'm not a okay. Maybe I'm going to flip flop on that one. You but know, like you said, there. This is the big class 
uh, choosing of the class president, I guess. I don't yeah, know, the debate between or... the, you know, they do, they each do their speech. Oh, no, this is not a decision. This is their debate. Yeah. Yeah, this is, you know, for the vote. So Summer's going to do her speech, which she does, you know, the beautiful 80s racist comment. Do you all, do you want to eat yeah. chimichangas? Yeah, who wants to eat chimichangas all yeah, next year? Yeah. <laughs> not me. It's so ignorant. It's summer all, all year long. Uh, yeah. And then gives the horns up. She gave the horns up for you, though. She yeah. gave the vodka. I, I could create a book of people who shouldn't be doing the horns. And she's not, she's, she, like most celebrities she did it know. well. She did it well. She get the. But they, they were to do skits after speeches, and she does just a traditional cheerleader thing. And that's when I realized her boyfriend, uh-huh. the like lead bully, yeah. like everybody in this movie is old as hell, the actors themselves. But <laughs> that guy is 38. A la Grease. At least. A la, Grease is the pinnacle of that. Yeah, but, but it's that similar like to that. For, for, you know, for casting, they had limited uh, and resources. And she does her thing, and it shakes Pedro. And he's like, I can't follow that. And plus, he didn't prepare a skit. He wasn't told. Yeah, they they find out right then that they have to do a skit, yeah. and uh, their skit that was the the dancing, the happy hands, or the talking hands, or whatever I got yeah. written in my notes. I, I thought it was sign language dancing because they seemed to be. It was, but that was that group I think that did the dance. Although they were wearing like the cheerleader outfits, but it was to some poppy song and and whatever. And that's fine. Oh, it was like Britney uh, Spears, larger than like life. Um, it was either yeah, they, like an in sync or boy. Yeah. People are just yelling at us right now. It, we, well, we, neither one of us are the 80s NSYNC. pop band, uh, the boy band. Yeah. If you are in sync, I want to hear from you. Everybody no, else on this thing. No it's offense. not in sync. It's that, I don't know. It's larger than life, I think, is a song. Okay. Well, tell us what it is because um, Todd wants to know. Uh, no. Little Independent Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> tell us the name of this song in Napoleon Dynamite. And it, so this whole thing is leading to this dance. And, and at this point, I got to be honest, I'm like, what the fuck's going to happen? Like, okay, I get it. Napoleon's going to go out there. And what I think mm-hmm. is maybe you're meant to be like, he's conquering his fear. Well, he's, but we have no idea what's going to happen, right? So Summer finishes. Oh, this is when I thought he murders everybody. He goes, Pedro goes out and does a speech very badly, you know, very well, coy. And then, but he does the great line at the end. And if you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Which is what and, Napoleon tells him. And then say. he walk yeah, and then he walks off the stage and now we're like and then the creepy principal's like, and now a skit by Pedro Sanchez. Yeah. And we're like Why what's are they gonna happen? A skit? I thought a skit was more of a talky acting thing. But anyway. Yeah. yeah, and then and then we see him hand the kid the tape. So I'm kinda curious, you know, in logistically in real life, this would have taken so long, the audience would have gotten restless, most people would have left. But no. I'm glad this is a movie. No, you're staying out of class. And everybody sat there, you know, patiently waiting for him to go all the way back to the sound guy. Be like, all right, cue this up for the, okay. Because at some point at the end of the dance, the thing shuts off completely and it's very awkward. Yeah. So he does this dance. Now, I am thinking a couple of things. One, what is going to be the outcome of this? Because he's bullied. I can't tell if he's liked in this school if he's people just think he's weird, I kind of get the idea that they think he's weird. Oh yeah. So I don't think this is going to go well. He at is all. not a fit in guy. Okay, I don't no. think this is going to go well. No, I think it's going to be the most god awful dance I've ever seen. No, no, no. I even think after he does the dance as well as he does, it does not go well. And then, oh, see, I, and I was just thinking it was just going to be this god awful nightmare of a dance, and you know, and people were going to laugh gone at two, him and two all ways that. that way, right? Like, but it, then when he. 
he had the the skills that he has to quote him. It was it was amazing. Yeah. And in I, your I, I scenario, was just totally blown away. In your scenario, is it bad? And then they like him anyway, or no? No, I thought no, no. I thought it was going to be bad, and then it was going to be bad with the audience. Um, you know, booing him and bullying him because you don't picture Napoleon yeah. through this whole movie being able to. I dance. thought it would have been more heartbreaking if he did it as well as he did it, uh-huh. and there was still like no response. Yeah. But just it just blew my mind when so he started how, moving away. So how much of the actor do you think that they picked John Heater? Like how much of the decision was based on that dance? Yeah, a lot of the movie so was kind of is built up to go to big, that mo- moment. And again, I'm like, do I give a shit? And I I think the fact oh, that I did. he did such a good job, and there was the pause, the music stops, and he's like, uh oh, and he runs off stage. Yeah. And the the slow or like like the kind of slowed down and the standing ovation was a little cheesy, but I got a little smile from it. I was yeah. like, okay, that's nice. And that's I think I even sent you a GIF of Pedro walking up and that like smile. Yeah. So that was a GIF. It warmed the of it, the actual movie we're doing. Holy shit! <laughs> it warmed the Grinch's heart. And um, you know, this is very clearly a good thing. Um, is this enough to save? A school presidential election, who knows? Well, the crowd's reaction said but, it all. And then, yeah. you know, the way Summer's reacting to that, you knew he was going to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's my assumption. So now we kind of tie things up, or so we think, with my favorite is Kip and LaFonda. <laughs> like, they're out together. Like, the two of them are leaving. They're getting on the bus. Now yeah. that he's 30-something, it makes more sense. Because I thought he maybe was a high school kid who just didn't go to high school. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Rico is back in his trailer somewhere. And again, Idaho is so mountainous and like, you know, kind of cool. Um, you know, it, it just got this kind of gorgeous geography that I think people are going to be interested in. And then a girl shows up on a bike to Uncle Rico and they, yeah, I assume are, are... well, I called it the happy ending montage. Yeah. So everybody's got their, got their, you know, girl, um, so Kip is leaving on the bus with LaFonda, right? Yeah. And then, so the girl that shows up on the bike, turns out that that is um, Kip's wife in real life. And then that character was supposed to be um, Tammy, that his girlfriend that he broke up with that they talked about in the diner earlier in the movie. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Because he said, how's it going with Tammy? And yeah. he said, yeah, we, we broke up or whatever. So that was Tammy coming back. They just didn't right. show it in any way. Right. Okay. But that was actually uh, Kip's wife in real life. All right. And she's got a couple other things. There's a wardrobe credit and some other credit. Very striking lady. Uh, Pedro's having a cake. El Presidente. Celebrating his, yeah. his win. Yes, celebration. And we've got uh, Napoleon on his tetherball, which, again, anchoring him, <laughs> keeping him from murder. And then and there's a world that this kid's a psychopath. And then the beautiful sure. little water world walks up. Yeah. Water girl. Let's so call her Water Girl. I have, and and this is from another podcast, Doug Loves Movies, but he's been talking lately, uh, and I'm not fully caught up, but about last lines in movies. So I've been paying attention to them lately. And his point was, he's ending most of his podcasts with the last line from a movie. Okay. And it's remarkable how many of them are unremarkable. <laughs> it just, like, if you really clock this till I've started, it's yeah. kind of a curse. But I've started clocking last lines from movies. So we'll see if you know. I think I know what the last line of this movie is. Because this was a montage. I don't remember them talking. Well, officially. Um, So I think his, 
you know, that last line of, or that last interaction with the, the guy and the girl. So the girl comes up to him and there's going to be a monumental last line or whatever. And his last line was, I caught you a delicious bass. Yes. And that's kind of, you know, that's really in character for him. And that's when like the music fades yeah. in and I'm yes. like, oh shit. All right. Fun. Yeah. Another 80s song. Yeah. And he, and she played tetherball and he annihilates her and, <laughs> and it fades out. <laughs> Or so you think, and then you have a post-credit scene, which I don't think we should go into. No, and and that scene at the end of the credits was actually filmed a year later. Yep. And the family, uh, it was actually LaFonda's real family in the audience. Oh, that's cool. Her family at the at the scene was her real family. And filming the post-credit scene costs more than half of what it costs to make the entire movie. I wonder why. So studio came in to uh, and, and do did that. that. Okay. Studio came in. So a couple of notes. Studio came in to the intro they didn't originally like because the hands were gross. So the studio had the intro reshot with new hands. This was shot in 22 days. Uh, who would you think would have been considered otherwise for this role? There was a famous actor who was considered for the role of Napoleon back 2004. Yeah, I did see it. Um I know Jack Black was supposed to be Rico, or considered for Rico, mm-hmm. Uncle Rico. Jake um, Gyllenhaal. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. That would have been weird. Yeah. Uh, John Heater was 26 when he made this movie, and Ephraim was 31. Um, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, and as yeah. Todd mentioned, this is based off a short film in 2002 called Palooka. Yeah. Student film, black and, and white. a... Tie-in to our podcast, if you know it. Oh, uh, I have a... Wait. We, oh, this is scary, Ryan. I have a big tie-in to our podcast as well. All right. You go first. Is it related to Silence of the Lambs? Yes, it is. Go for it. Okay. So we're wearing Buffalo Bill t-shirts, as we always do, our uniforms, as our legions know. Our little 8-inch Hannibal Lecter doll is standing over here staring at us. And there is an interview or a little thing called you got to see this it's either uh either an interview or a movie with interviews with directors and jonathan demi the director of silence of the lambs is quoted as saying that this is one of his all-time favorite movies amazing is that what you have uh-huh. yeah. didn't that did that give you some goosebumps when yeah. you saw that because I don't even know why we do Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I do. It started because we were doing the wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's our, we've already got it. Um, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And thanks for what you do. <laughs> thanks for being pals with each other and with us. And we'll end with some reviews. <laughs> now, re- this segment of the this final segment of the podcast is always interesting to me because I've kind of made it a bit of a mission to make Todd crawl out of his skin a little bit. And sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's not. Um, because he cares about his movies, as as, as I do mine. But um, nevertheless, a lot of reviews on this film on IMDb, and here is a 1 out of 10. Okay. Submitted in 2005. Let's make a movie about nothing. Yeah, that's a great idea. And in some hateful, add in some hateful characters and gold. An idiot with a fro and his eyes shut, no plot and horrid acting make for a bad movie in my book. Sorry if I'm being hard on it, but it was really bad. Like, let's kill ourselves after watching this bad. I expect my six bucks from Blockbuster back. Really. I wish that he'd drive his ride while eating his tots into a hellhole and die there. 
So <laughs> Blockbuster's on, on blast, that one remaining one in Oregon. But it wasn't all bad. It had a horse, I think. Yay! But seriously, everyone around me loved it. I think the producer should give me my money back. But it's one man's opinion. I'm sad I had to sit through this. I will cry in a corner now. <laughs> That's actually funny. <laughs> uh, a lot of bad reviews. A lot of, like I yeah, said, a best lot of people viewed higher drunk. Uh, compared to bad movies, it's compared to Geely a lot. You know, I get where a lot of people, and the first time you see it, you could just think, man, this is just stupid. But then I guarantee you, if the movie grows on you. Yeah, it, it does. really does. And you think about it a little bit more, uh-huh. you know, even after seeing it. So I, I, I would definitely watch it with my daughter um, as a fun little, hey, you know. Yeah, she's going to tell her friends about it, and then they're going to start watching it. And And here's another bit from a a review that I didn't want to read the whole review, but this was too great not to choose. This was the end of a one-star review. Okay. If these people are representatives of the residents of Idaho, that state should not be allowed to vote in national elections. (laughs) Uh, Another uh, bit from another one-star review. Do yourself a favor and shove an ice pick through your foot instead of watching the skid mark on the underpants of modern filmmaking. Wow. Poetic. Um, and plenty of good reviews, of course. Uh, 10 out of 10. I've got two little ones because they were too brilliant not to read. 10 okay. out of 10. This one's titled Lyle the Cow Killer. Oh, so there's his name. I was at a funeral for an old lady in the neighborhood, and I went to the viewing. I recognized Lyle. Lyle. He was her brother. When I went to shake his hand, I said, I know who you are. You were a Napoleon Dynamite. His brother, standing next to him, said... Quote, I didn't think anyone saw that movie, end quote. I bust up laughing. He's the real deal. Talked just like he did in the movie. I was living my own scene from Napoleon Dynamite. Of course I got a picture with him. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Aww. And finally, 10 out of 10 review, and it's titled, The Greatest Thing America Has Contributed to the World. <laughs> well, okay. Are you ready? The Greatest All Thing. Right, this is this is his review, the or their review. The greatest thing America has contributed to the world. Magnum opus. Perfection. Sent by God to undeserved man. <laughs> the end. So there you have it. A movie sent uh, uh, by a, a deity of some sort to an undeserving group of people like us. Yeah. So thank you for, um, I th- I, you know, would I watch it again intentionally? Maybe not. I don't know. But I, I would enjoy watching it with, with my daughter and oh yeah, kind of you know seeing her take on things. Yep. And it's fun just yeah. when you're in the Super mood for fun. it. And, you know, it, awesome that we got it requested. And, and this certainly would have been something I, I could have picked down the line. Uh, yeah. Um, um, yeah, this well. was super fun. Yeah. Nice so job. Our first, uh, our first official nice job. requested thank movie. Thank you for being ambassador for our request. If you have any other requests, thoughts, or ideas, please email us at a littleindependentpodcast at gmail.com. Try to be nice if you can, and we really appreciate you listening. And Ryan? Yes, Todd. Who will always have Monty Doro. Who are those guys? Who are those guys? You'll love it. It's just a little
like I'm introducing a movie to you. Like you're about to. Oh. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, yeah. Just a little independent.